Hello and welcome to our episode of the Nintendo Entertainment Podcast. I am Triforce Todd. Joining me today is Wario Will. Happy Super Mario RPG release day, everybody. Yes, and as well as with many other release games, of course, include, that includes Persona 5 Tactica. And, of course, the, the happy release of Deke uh, uh, Amiibos. So, yes, I hope you're enjoying the Amiibos, enjoying Super Mario RPG. And, uh, yeah, there is just getting ready so much for the holiday season. Ooh, man, it's already next week's already Thanksgiving already. Can you believe that? No, I can't believe that. Also, I thought for sure you were about to say Happy Mother's Day. Because you started out with Ma. We were so far months away, man. I'm just saying, like, you you were clearly about to say Mario, like, RPG, but the way you said it was, like, Happy Mario, Super Mario RPG. So, just saying. Saying. Uh, Also here, of course, is Skullkit Scott. Trying to push the day so they stop moving forward because I just don't have time anymore. Well, Well, you could always pull a... Uh, Richard Donner's Superman and just fly around the, the Earth to spin it backwards to reverse time because that makes sense. <laughs> I I wish I had that power. I don't because actually that would be completely destructive. And look, look, look <laughs> I'm not gonna go on a Snyder cut. I'm not gonna go on a Snyder cut rant or anything. But everyone keeps saying like, oh, that's like you know what happens in, with Superman by Zack Snyder is so unrealistic. And I'm like, have you seen the Richard Donner stuff? Okay, you cannot look at some of that stuff and say that that's entirely realistic. Okay, I'm I, no, like I will never forget that planet scene. Even as a teen watching that, I'm like, that makes no sense. And Superman wouldn't do that. We're like, whatever. We don't watch superhero stuff for realism. Well, <laughs> clearly, Snyder haters do. So, to which I say, have you seen Thor: Love and Thunder? <laughs> or or Harley Quinn, for that matter. <laughs> at least Harley Quinn does good things. Oh. Uh, speaking of good things, sadly, our dear friend Faith will not be here tonight. She's sending you her best. Hopefully, when the holidays are over, she will be back. We send her all our love. But we do have a busy show for you today, starting with what? Happy Wednesday! Well, I know what we will be playing this weekend, because we will be busy. But as for this this past week, let's see what happens. I'll go last, because I want to talk about my review a little bit. But, uh, Scott, how about you go first? All righty. So my uh, week was mainly with two games. Mm-hmm. One was one that should be up on the website now as a review, which is called the My Next Life as a Villainous, All Routes Lead to Doom, Pirates of the Disturbance. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that up. Made that up. Made that up. That's not a real title. If anyone is a follower of, I guess, uh, I want to say, like, niche, but not as mainstream anime and stuff. There is mm-hmm. one that's called My Next Life as a Villainous, All Rats Lead to Doom, and it's based on a light novel. But basically the premise is one of this noble, uh, a lady from a noble family who's eight years old is just walking around and eventually does a trip and lands on her head. And once she lands on her head, it shows a big mark, but then it sends her memories from her previous life into her current life. Just realize that she has now been isekai into one of her favorite Atome games as the main antagonist. <laughs> and so the whole story of that anime is basically her trying to do all that she can so that she makes it so people don't hate her because she doesn't want people to kill her because in the Atome game, every one, if you go to any route, basically she dies. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> she doesn't oh. want to die. 
<laughs> All roads lead to doom. Got it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So the game is actually like a sequel to the anime series because oh, it takes place okay. after the okay. end of the anime, okay. which is why if you do want to pick up this game and you want to get into the anime, you probably just want to start on the anime first. It's very short, by the way. It's like 12 episodes. But <laughs> the important thing is the ending goes into this game. And if you don't want to be spoiled in how that is, don't play the game. But basically, um, the an overall premise is... She starts having dreams of her previous life who finds a special like modded version of the Atome game that has stuff from the director's guidebook that shows what they like the cut content that they made, but cut it because it was too big for the game kind of a deal, which was pirates. And now she's trying to figure out not to die to pirates. <laughs> <laughs> Also mixed with, like, Yatome romance and stuff. But honestly, the romance isn't all that much in it. Most of it is just, like, comedy and just the characters. Because it, th this anime itself is just extremely funny. Because everyone tries to kind of, like, make it as a romance option for the main character. Because she's so nice to everybody because she doesn't want to die. Which, I mean, is a, a fair reason to be nice to people. But, you know. Anyways. This is so ironic, given like what I'm about to talk about with my Star Ocean review. But I digress. Also, hey, hey Scott, I got a joke for you. Yes. What did the what did the friends say one another when the pirates were trying to kill them? Hardy har har. Close. <laughs> hey, who's trying to kill us? They are. Ah. <laughs> ah. I regret nothing. So that that's that game. I don't want to spoil too much because yes, the, the story itself is the game. I mean, it's it's a visual novel. I can't go into too much detail of what happens without telling you. Here is the premise of the game. <laughs> but that that's basically that. Um, the other game I'm playing was Alan Wake Two, following up from last week. But I'm a lot farther in the game now, and I can tell you that uh, it does a lot of just crazy crap when you get to the Alan Wake segments, which is actually really cool because they make it. Like, he has to write certain premises and stuff to change the surroundings that you're in. And when he changes the surroundings, it'll unlock other avenues or, like, doors that you can actually access. And sometimes they'll close other ones. So you have to, like, continuously rewrite the area you're in for the premise to get to the place you want to go. But it can be kind of confusing at times because you don't realize all the doors that open or close based on it. Because you have to basically keep doing trial and error kind of a deal. But it's still kind of a cool premise and concept. So I actually do like the Alan Wake stuff a lot. But at the same time, the problem with the Alan Wake segments is that your flashlight go uh, loses its battery extremely fast. Because everyone needs to you have a bat you need to use your battery on basically any enemy you fight. Except the ones that don't really matter, apparently. I heard, yeah. about, that. I heard about that from Yahtzee. So you like you basically yeah. use battery power because like, oh that's an enemy. No, not really. <laughs> that's the problem, is they look yeah. the same. Exactly. <laughs> So the best thing to do is to get them all getting up to one spot and then just flash your like flashlight in a line. <laughs> and the ones that are fake will dissipate. The ones that aren't will turn into real people you can shoot. <laughs> but that that's kind of Alan Wake in a nutshell, though. But I will say the music, I've just been listening to the soundtrack the last like three days because I got to one of the musical segments that I just can't get out of my head. And honestly, the music is great in this game. <laughs> Top tier music. <laughs> Yeah, like I've heard various things about Alan Wake too, and as we will reveal in a news section, is clearly 
gotten into the minds of many people is because it's getting certain accolades. <laughs> it's fine. It's just fine. It's just I've I've heard various things about like what happens and like just the horror theme. And I don't like horror in general. I just that's don't. fair. It, yeah. So when I heard about like how dark and twisted the Alan Wake two segments are, I'm just like, mm, I'm good. <laughs> I didn't play the first one, and apparently they. Uh, this is from Yahtzee, but they retconned the American Summer spinoff story. Yeah, yeah, and that was just fine, I guess. But uh, apparently, the reason they did that is because American Summer actually had a happy ending. It's a horror story; you can't have happy endings. Exactly. <laughs> Which I wrote, they die. kind That's of. Uh, <laughs> they kind of actually make a joke about that in the in the game too, but I won't explain why. <laughs> they make a joke about why that ending didn't work. <laughs> okay, I actually got to know because I'm not going to play it. What's what's the joke? Uh, basically, um. In one of the ending segments before, like, I'm literally right before the ending. I was going to play, play it tonight. But in one of the segments, um, Saga's trying to talk to Alan Wake about how to finish the ending. And she's like, she just, we just need to make everybody survive and everybody's happy. Everything's good. And he's just like, this is a horror story. We can't have an ending that's just sunshine and rainbows. We have to have a horror story because in every horror story, there is no... Every person is either a monster or a victim. There's no in-between. And then Saga's like, okay, but what about a hero? She's like, there can be heroes, but they have to pay the ultimate sacrifice. That, that's how horror genres work. And so that, it's kind of just explaining that we can't have the heroes have a happy ending in a horror story if it's written well kind of a deal. Even though you could disagree with that based yes. on a lot of various horror <laughs> stories and stuff. It's just, that's how their explanation is in the game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I'm no, I'm, I've never written a horror story. It would take something very special for me to write a horror story. But Honestly, I don't agree with that sentiment because the horror, in many ways, is the beginning, middle, and climax. Mm. Now, yes, there are horror stories where it's just, you know, we barely survived or, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where, like, one of them kills themselves, like, right after the whole experience or whatever. I don't remember what that was about. But, you know, the happy ending is that you made it to the end. <laughs> okay? <laughs> and, yes, it could be a very somber happy ending, but it's still... You know, I survived Jason. I beat Freddy. You know, I survived the 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 Leatherface family. You know, I made it, and then I could be happy about. It. I could still be sad that the people other people died, but you know, it not everything requires like the darkest possible ending. But yeah, then again, that game is twisted, so <laughs> that might be just how they f feel about things. Yeah. I will say, though, there's uh, some random segments where it's just like, here's horror, and then now here's a giant th song to play as you're shooting all these shadows because we have a really good band that just does good songs. <laughs> 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 but it's such a fun concept because they actually lean into it in some of the story segments. <laughs> where they just have a random band that's uh, in the actual like lore of the game that shows up and is in the dark place kind of a deal. And they just show up and pop up in places. It's just kind of hilarious. <laughs> because the Dark Place, the whole thing, the whole persona is like, it's like a nightmare inside yourself of where all your worst fears kind of come true, kind of a deal. And the problem of Alan Wake's forced fears coming true is the fact that he can also write his fears into reality, kind of a deal. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in case you haven't played the first game, that's kind of what happens. <laughs> he writes it... too much horror and actually makes horror come to real life. <laughs> But don't we all write our <laughs> own horror stories in the context of our lives? I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, I mean, at times, I mean, have we, we've all had Mondays. I mean, come on.
Yes, that, yes, we have. Told, no, I'm not talking about that guy's Mondays. Okay? <laughs> we will not speak his name today. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I know, I know Faith's going to be mad about that when she listens to this. I'm sorry. I gave your guy all the attention he deserved last week. Never again. <laughs> well, until the next time, until he's been casting as another Nintendo character, then we'll rant about him again. But for now, no. No more. Doctor Who reference. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but yeah, those are the two games that I've been playing. But I really enjoy Alan Wake, and I do enjoy the uh, my next life as a villainous. All routes lead to Dune. Okay, I gotta stop you there. Look, <laughs> first of all, let's let's appreciate the the irony of you playing two very different spectrums <laughs> of the gaming space in one week. But also, let's acknowledge that once again, Japan has uh beat into us the idea of its naming conventions because think about it if you think about think about the animes the best animes they either have one or two naming tropes they have they have a short and sweet name that tells you exactly what you need to know like cowboy bebop dragon ball z my hero academia etc etc or you have uh uh my life as a villain as all road leads to doom or my life as a reincarnated slime monster <laughs> Or oh, what was that other good one? Um, will help me out here. I know you know all the. I know you know all the names. So reincarnated as a vending machine in the dungeon. There you go. <laughs> or, or is it is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon? <laughs> like seriously, and and yes, I know I have an anime writer myself, but I did I have done the short and sweet name with Tokyo Blade Detectives, but I also have a story I want to write called The Godlike Being Among Us. But even then, still, that's still only like what six words. <laughs> It's still not the double digits yet. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not I there. mean, <laughs> if you listen to series. the A1 podcast, we did kind of uh, explain why they did it. And like currently in Japan with their light novels, they are following that uh, convention of literally putting their synopsis as the title. Yeah. And it doesn't make it easier instead of people just have to flip through the book. Like, yeah, just put the synopsis right there. It'd be easy. Like, it's it's a weird, interesting convention, to say yeah. the least. I mean, clearly it works because they keep doing it. So... Yeah. Also, Scott, to answer your statement, uh, I'm not in the double digits with that one yet, but the sequel series will be the guy like being am is among us, and we're all screwed. So I'm just joking. So joking. you're oh, getting there. No, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> uh, but for the record, that is actually a real idea. I want to do the the first one, not the second one. <laughs> so I even told your friends, like, dude, I would totally read that. I'm like, well, thank you. Anyway, uh, Will, how about you? What have you been playing? And please don't say an anime title with a long name. <laughs> 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 nothing of that sort if anything else so personally for me i've uh, more or less kind of been going back to like the old grinds of a couple of games like one i have actually kind of went back into a little bit of fall guys just to see how the new season as well with their new operations with uh a new maps have been trying out i know there's been a lot of customization as well as expanding the budget of the customization uh stage stage creator so i know there's a lot of people that are still making stages so i mean heck but currently the next best thing right now aside from Super Mario Maker 2 but yeah who knows when that the sequel of that game could come out to be so that's currently what I'm doing right now uh see what else what else uh, yeah I actually have been touching on because um I'm not sure you, you guys know this but like during this past weekend was a little bit of um Tetris 99 uh the tournament uh which they had a specializing theme of a Super Mario RPG so I just kind of like went went there just for a little bit, just to like get my hundred points, get that special day for Super Mario RPG, and then yeah, call it a day. <laughs> if anything else, uh, let's see what else. What else? I mean, more or less, it's just more or less been on the mobile game fronts. Obviously, we're continuing with our Fire, our Fire Emblem Heroes, where they just announced it uh, another one for uh, 
Ah, dang it. I, I know they they finally showed up Gunung Begab. Ah, I still say exactly. Yes. You can't <laughs> say the name. <laughs> you can't say the name. Yes, ah, uh, yeah, Gunung Begab. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, that's mouthful. But yeah, and also, uh, I know they're having a rearmed. Uh, Nina, ah, dang it. Yeah, like Nina. the one, the like the 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 black, not black eagles. I don't like the, black, ah, black you, fang. Black fangs, black fangs. Yeah, yeah. I told you, it's Nino. Yeah, Nino, Nino, <laughs> and so, I mean, this banner is fine and all that, but nothing really like to write home to home about. So it's not that. But thankfully, this they finally get the final chapter of this main story, which is like, okay, let's see how this story is gonna wrap up. Which Wait, the next chapter is the end? Oh gosh, I have no idea how that goes. Yeah, I'm not sure you know. It just say the final chapter story was like really this ending it now? Really? Wow. So yeah, this will be the final chapter of this. Um, savior story and like see what the heck how how it's gonna happen this um never-ending chaos of uh loop the timeless loops infinite eight and all that so which is the sweet way you see which is interesting because we just got this story with loki season two read my review (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so finally get to see what the heck how it's gonna end i mean thankfully at the end of the season and of course naturally for me of course naturally with uh going back to nikki goddess of victory and then Thankfully, our Jesus has been kind to me and actually in a very odd way because I actually like, okay, just pray the RG. Okay, well, I got it. Boom, I get Red Hood. And then I said, okay, I might as well go MLB it and like get up for three homers. Boom, I get three copies and I actually maxed out. It's like, okay, thank you. Thank you, RGs. And um, yeah, also, I, if you're going to be listening to this podcast at the Jacob Javits Center, I mean, MIC is currently happening right now, and I will be stopping there. Um, also, there will be obviously many booths I'll have it there from uh, like Nikkei from Hoyoverse to uh, Hollow Lives. So, if you want to go check check things up, definitely stop by at Anime MIC at Jacob Javits Center. But going going back to topic is like yeah, overall Nikkei has been kind of very good. Has been good for me RNG wise and. Yeah, again, I cannot, I cannot uh, say my pleasure more, but the music, just by all means, definitely check out the music on, on, on Nikki Goddess of Victory. It just absolutely slaps. And uh, yeah, overall, I'm just, I'm just excited for some more RPG. And as well, yes, I did actually pre-order Persona 5 Tactica and yeah. just seeing how, like, the, <laughs> I know, I know, I'm not, like, I'm kind of spending too much money already as it is. But um, like seeing, like, I, I know people have already have uh, Atlas did that one thing of actually releasing the game a week earlier for on the PC version. Uh, for if you didn't know, so like I know people <laughs> have been kind of playing that game earlier already, but I'm curious to see how fit it is. And from what I've seen, the reviews so far is actually pretty decent. So hey, more Persona Five, why not? Why not? Like, so oh, uh, it, yeah, it, some it, more it's, RPG. It's decent, pretty pretty decent. So you know why not? I mean, Persona <laughs> Five spinoffs has been either hit or miss. Strikers was definitely like an interesting concept i mean definitely under i personally feel it's underrated but again the fact is a move so not many people's gonna enjoy it so that that and of course the dancing game the rhythm games like uh, atlas where's the fighting game <laughs> i'm still waiting for that ultimax persona 5 ultimax whatever it may be please come on or how about uh, you know persona 6 just saying <laughs> too soon too soon let's get let's get past persona 3 uh reload first too, too soon dude the game came out in 2016 we waited for seven years I can wait longer, dude. I can wait longer. We have too many good games. We we need to get the fighting game just so we can punch a catchy in the face. That's all. That that does sound worth it. 
does sound worth it. So yeah, those, I'm just waiting for that. But again, I, for Solo Six, let, let them cook. Let them cook. I am not in any hurry. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I've been playing for the most part. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so yeah, for me, uh, I'm of course playing a Star Ocean, uh, the second story R. I have finished it. Okay, l- l- I gotta be clear on this. I finished the Claude route. Remember there one was, route, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's two, there's two story routes. They still have the technically the same story, but especially in the beginning, there are different scenes that you can get as uh, Claude and Reyna. So I finished the Claude route for the game, and I have my review up uh, on the site for you to check out. So overall, I did like the game. I don't think it's the best. I know that's gonna be controversial, which you know, whatever. But I, I did, I liked uh, till the end of time more. Maybe that's just me. If it is, that's your problem, not mine. Uh, <laughs> but overall, I really did like the game. I think it is beautifully rendered. I, 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 I know I said this last week, but this is easily the staple for 2.5 HD games going forward. The way they you did the, they did the sprites, the way they did the 3D environments. There are actual cutscenes in the game, which I can't say about Octopath. Or... Ouch! <laughs> no, I'm serious. That's just the honest way. They they yeah. kept it 2.5 HD, and I think the only real 3D thing in that whole game was the ship, for a uh, 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 Particio's ship. Oh yeah. Yeah, like that was like. Uh, oh, okay, let me revise that. The only like really boisterous 3D, I should say, because obviously the environments were 3D in its own way. Yeah. Um, but. Like this was, you know, massive three environments. You go into the open world, and you can actually turn the camera, which you definitely cannot do in Octopath or Alive Alive. And there's just so much to enjoy, and the the gameplay the gameplay mechanics are so deep. My biggest problem, and there's two big problems I want to talk about, and I I did mention this in a review. The first one is the battle system. The uh, I loved the battle system. Uh, you get to have four characters, given the, the, the size of your party that you can have. You can have a whole lot of options. My, my party was Claude, Reyna, Ashton, and uh, Celine. So two physical fighters, two magical fighters. I thought that was a nice balance. Um, and it's there. It's fast. It's frenetic. It's beautiful at times. Like They do like cutscenes for special moves, like Star Flare, Southern Cross, uh, Noah. <laughs> There's a move called Noah. <laughs> Seriously, this dude just comes on the screen and he builds an arc around you and the arc blows up. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> That's a pretty intense one. <laughs> yeah, it takes a while. It's it's like the, it's like the it's like the seven night summon of uh, Final Fantasy VII. It's, it takes. Uh, oh jeez. It's a joke, by the way. If you can't, you can't tell. No, it's a tidal wave. Effect. Yeah. Uh, but you know, like, there's a lot. They put a lot of stuff into the the graphics of the game and, and the battle system. But the the combat can sometimes go so fast that by the time you get done, you don't realize that one of your characters was KO'd, or was turned to stone, or was paralyzed. And it's just like, wait, when did that happen? Like, I was just, <laughs> we won, and it's like, yeah. And if they, and if they're turned to stone or KO'd, they don't get experience, which can be. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, if they're KO, I can understand that, but like when you're turned to stone, I like, fine, I suppose. And then at the end levels of the game, there's this one monster that can paralyze you and turn you to stone. It is so broken. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. And then when you have two, you have to be like multiple ones on the screen. That's so annoying. But oh. the big, big, the biggest problem I had, and I, and Scott did warn me about this, 
is that there's a power creep. Yep. Like you'll start out and you know it's it's a struggle because you you know you're young you're younger levels, you only have like one or two party members and blah blah blah. But when you're at the end phases of the game, like the final dungeon, there are bosses that will wipe you out in two moves easy. Yep. And you'll be at like the highest of levels with some of your best gear and you'll get wiped out. Alright? So small spoilers for the game here. There's a there's you, you fight the ten wise men and you literally go through them like a couple at a time. And like the first boss fight, it was tough, but I was able to get through it with a little bit of luck and planning. Uh then there's a second one where you fight this dude who is on fire and this general dude who's a total dick. And the fire dude has a move, I can't remember what it's called now, but he basically summons a whole swath of fire to cover the field. And it wipes out your entire party basically in one shot. Yikes. For context, I am at level 86 at this point. I have really good armor and weapons, and I'm getting one shot, basically. And so I decided, you know what, I just want to get through the game. I know I'm really close to the end, so I put it on easy mode. <laughs> and it doesn't do a dang thing. <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right, and I still get one shot. And then when I do beat him after I kitchen out like ten tries on easy mode, it was because of dumb luck. Like I had enough guts to uh, survive and to get, like survive with like one HP, and I had the right items to do like a party heal and so on and so forth. And then I took out the fire dude, and I focused on the other dude. It was like a total wipeout. And then even the final boss, I beat him first time. I got a little <laughs> lucky, I'm not gonna lie, but like I beat him first time. But if I was on normal mode, it would have taken me like several tries. And I even looked up how to get the best weapon in the game for Claude, which was really unique. <laughs> you have to take this one sword that you totally didn't use before and then upgrade it with two items that you probably haven't used yet. And then you can have like the most powerful sword in the game. And it, it, and I looked at a guy that says, this sword will one-shot enemies. I'm like, okay, perfect. And then I go into the, the battle and it does like some more damage. <laughs> a little different than a one-shot, folks. But yeah, the the final bosses and even certain other bosses are just so broken at times. It's There was a rock creature that I had to kill to get a kind of ore to get special weapons made. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. It has a move that literally just blankets the field like a shockwave. And uh. it, it one-shots you almost every time. And I'm like, that's so broken. Now, granted, if you just, the point was you're supposed to just pummel it until like, you kill it. I'm like, that's kind of hard to pummel it when I'm all, my party's dead. So I had that problem multiple times. And that's kind of bad. And I literally was wondering, did I do something wrong? Did I, you know, fail to level up my characters correctly? Do I not have the best gear in the game? Which, again, I had the strongest weapon on Claude, and I know I have one of the best weapons on Reyna, and the, even the other characters. So, you know, I'm keeping up with my weapon stats as best I can. <laughs> or so I thought. And it just wasn't enough at times. And it's when you... I've had those kinds of issues before. Like, I remember the first Kingdom Hearts game when you face Riku in Hollow Bastion and he has that move where he just like rockets around the arena and kills you in a few shots. I quit the game and didn't play for six months because of that. Cause I'm like, I can't beat this guy. And then I replayed the game and found out I didn't have a certain move. And that was what helped me beat Riku. So <laughs> that, and I like crouched in the corner while he did the zoom around technique. <laughs> it worked. Don't hate me, bro. I'm not hating. Uh -huh. So here, here's the second part 
and I talked about this before, it's the relationships. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even talking about the harem this time. It's it's about what happens at the end, regardless of the harem. So in the game, they make it so that certain conversations and then who you have in your battles will affect your uh, friendship points or love points, as they called it in the original game. And I, as I noted last time, I had Reyna at max. And so she was my love interest. They even showed like hearts around her profile picture. So like, that's going to be your partner. By complete accident... I had lowered her points so that Celine was going to be my partner, which was who I wanted the entire time. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, I got Celine. Great. And again, it was a complete accident. I did like one dialogue question wrong and it, it, it lowered Raina's points for me. No. So, no. <laughs> there's a twist about that. I'm getting to it though. So I get to the end of the game and uh, there are 99 endings in this game. 99. <laughs> The reason for that is that you get endings based on your friendship level, as in your protagonist's friendship level with someone else, and then your other character's friendship levels with everyone else. So they'll either have like a I end up alone storyline ending, or they I ended up with someone else storyline ending. There's your 99 endings. So I'm going through these, and all of a sudden I see Celine with Ashton. I'm like, wait a minute. I was with Celine. Like, I had her relationship points. And sure enough, I get to the next scene. It's me and Reyna. And I'm like, what the heck just happened? So I save the game and I go back and look, and somehow Reyna jumps Celine, and I have no idea why. <laughs> and so obviously ticked, obviously ticked. I go and look up the endings for the game, which thankfully, because of the PSP port, they were online for me to view. Yep. And the only meaningful relationship ending for Claude is with Reyna. Yeah. But and now yes, there's one with Welch where he says, I appreciate you being my partner, and like no one cares for me as much as you, and that's adorable. But with Reyna, they r- heavily imply that they're married, and she's about to have a kid. Like, she says, I'm about, I'm pregnant, you know, which is, you know, very progressive for, you know, an RPG, especially since Reyna is <coughs> 17. But, uh, <laughs> I think she's 17. Yeah, she's 17, Claude's 19. But, uh, you know, that's weird. And... Then with I looked at the one with Celine and they're just like going on a treasure hunt and they don't find something and so they go and fight a monster for stress relief. Uh huh. Look, allow me to pull a will here, if you will. <laughs> ha ha ha. You are two anime-looking characters. I'm pretty sure you can find a different form of stress relief. Honey. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, I, and I even I even subtitled my review in the excerpt how I learned to stop worrying and accept that Claude gets with Reyna. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when when you're literally beating it into everyone's heads that Claude is getting with Reyna, what's the point of the harem? Right, right. I mean, literally, like Welch was going after Claude, uh, Pressus was going after Claude, and I didn't even get some of the other characters like Opera, which is a real name apparently, and uh, Chisato and whatnot. I I only had those those main three, and yet you know it, they made it very clear that you know you're supposed to get with Reyna. And you go, wait a minute, Todd, didn't you say like if you battle a lot with Reyna, you get uh, battle points and or friendship points? And that's true. But if you don't have Reyna in your party, you don't have your only healer. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> she is the only healer in the game. Like that is part of her speciality is that there is no one else who is a healer but her. So you are relying on items versus natural healing. That's not a good strategy. <laughs> so, 
I would have died many times if it wasn't for Rainy Healing. So what am I supposed to do? Not have her in here so I can just not get with her? Like, I, I kind of want to live. <laughs> okay? But in spite of those those issues, and there were a few others I had, uh, including just, just the overwhelming amount of stuff you can do in the game. Like, and I don't even mean this in the Starfield kind of way. Like, oh, by the way, Starfield is not better than Star Ocean. Still maintain that. Um, <laughs> but there's 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 how you can level up your characters. There's the specialties. There's the IC. There's uh, the way you can level up your moves. There's so much to do that when I was struggling to beat the bosses, I'm like, did I forget something? Did I not do something? Did I not give my my characters the right IC specialties or get unlock like, those super specialities and whatever? There's so much, and then in the end, I didn't need like 90% of them. <laughs> I was playing a bare bones route, honestly was, and like I didn't do like you know writing or medicine or whatever. I did what I felt I had needed to do to improve my character's stats. And in the end, it just some, the only thing that mattered was when I used Claude's customization ability to get his uh, super weapon, which again did not one shot people like the guy told me to. The guide flies. <laughs> Do better, guide riders. So, but still, I gave it a four out of five. I highly recommend the game. It really is a beautiful RPG, and if you're looking for a just a, a, a different kind of RPG, not like a Super Mario RPG, but a different kind of RPG. This is one you can actually absolutely go have fun in. And with different playthroughs, different characters you can get, there's many different ways to play it and enjoy it. So highly recommend it, especially since we're getting to that point of the year where there aren't any more AAA titles coming out. Because once Mario's out, it, that's <laughs> it for the year. That's just the truth. Oh, yeah, finally. yeah. <laughs> Finally, yeah. Our wallets can heal. Until February. Until, no, not January, even. Remember, there's, uh, there's games coming out in January. Jeez. I'm saying. I mean, yeah, there are games in January, but I'm, I'm just waiting for, obviously, the big ones like Persona 3 Reload, yeah. Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth. That's I'm just waiting for I'm those just things. Saying, like, they're, like, Tekken 8 is coming out in January. That's a big title. Who? Yeah, yeah and there's, there's another one coming out in January. I can't think of what it is right now, but it's coming out. Anyway. So, if you're looking for, like, a good Christmas game to get, and it's only 20 hours, which is weird, because I heard from multiple people that it takes, like, 40 hours to beat, and I did everything that was possible to me, and I barely got over 20, so am I just that good? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I am. Except when it comes to those final bosses. So, uh, check out my full review on the site. I hope you give it a look. I really appreciate it. All right, and with that. We are going now into our new section because there has been some very interesting things to talk about. So it's time to go down the warp pipe. And first, Splatoon 3. No, we're not talking about the Spot Fest. That is our main event as per tradition. You're welcome. But uh, they did announce that Chill Season 2023 is upon us, ladies and gentlemen. And if you recall, this was the season last year that kicked off the seasonal content so yay yeah Hooray. from what i've seen from what the trailer basically a whole lot more chiptunes as well as like a, a bluefin depot making a return if you remember that was right back in Splatoon 2 so yeah bluefin depot was back <laughs> did, you, did you hear how you say that all the way back in splatoon 2 we're in splatoon 3 will it's not that I far i know i know but yes yeah, it's, it's been years it, like has been years ago. It has been years. Yeah, it has been years. Twenty seventeen. That's years. It has been to feel like that. And um, yeah, like if I can, if I recall correctly in the trailer, I think they, I think there was like Billy mentioned like 
one or two uh, new weapons. But I know like, they have uh, introduced a new special, which is basically an ink wall. So basically, like, yeah, just summon the giant wall to mitigate either stops stops any shooting or just like s- weakens your um, opponents at the moment. So yeah, basically just summon a giant wall. It's, I mean, okay, interesting. We finally have a defensive op- uh, special now instead of like the usual bubbler. So that's that's definitely much more appreciated and um i i know they pretty much have a lot more things we're going to like more clothing new emotes i mean yeah they're like heck I'm, I'm glad for the new season and this season is definitely coming up uh at the end of the month so it begins on december 1st so this coming splatfest is your last few your last pretty much big uh, only moment to actually finish up your catalog which isn't too hard but by all means if you haven't finished up catalog yet by all means do it now play this Splatfest this weekend to get ready for next next season i'm good <laughs> I, I know you play this game like religiously well to get all the items i'll i play it when i can and i enjoy it when i do but that's enough for me i'm just saying <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we have, and again, we'll be talking about the Splatfest later. There was the Indie World Showcase. I I I literally forgot like when the Monday when the Monday began. I was like, oh, we had a, all right. There was an Indie Splat uh, Showcase. <laughs> I, forgot, I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Well, I I didn't watch it. I'm just being honest with you. I only checked out like one or two things. And the big the big thing for me that I saw was that. They are finally finishing that uh, unfinished Shantae game. Yep. Risky's oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Finally. And, yeah. Well, for those who don't know, like this game was supposed to come out on the Game Boy Advance. They even called it the uh, Shantae Advance game, Risky's Revolution, but it didn't get made. And now, 20 years later, they finally were able to bring the team together and finish it up. So, A, congrats to them. For getting able to being able to finish this, and B, hey, that's another Shantae game. Yes, it is. Yeah, and I mean, I don't get me wrong, I wasn't the biggest fan of uh, Seven Sirens, but Half Genie Hero was like one of my favorite games of that year, the favorite game of that year, if I recall correctly. That was also, that was also the Wii U era, Scott. So, <laughs> well, was it, yep, there, yep. there was a lot of competition. <laughs> Pretty dry. <laughs> it, it wasn't the best. It wasn't the best. So, it, it, and they're keeping the uh, like the Game Boy Advance sprites, so which well, looks good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and, yeah. Hey, as I just said with Star Ocean, you know, sprites can look really good on the on the Switch. So, by all means, keep the sprites. Uh, then uh, wasn't the Outer Wilds for Switch? Yes. Now? Yeah. Yes, Outer Wilds. Yes. The archaeology edition. Uh, yeah, it's something like that. <laughs> like they showed it off at the end of it of the yeah, presentation. It was before a hype trailer. Right like... before the last like four minute montage trailer. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I like I do like the indie worlds because it just show a lot of creativity. And some of those games are out right now if you haven't checked them out. So, you know, give it a look. But they just they still have the same feel as a Nintendo Direct. They just don't. I mean, and and yes, part of that is by design because they are indie titles, so you almost never know what to expect, including Shantae, apparently. (laughs) So, like, who saw who has had that on their bingo card for 2023? Um, Not me, but dang. Yeah, I mean, hey, that's that's good news. And that that is why we should pay attention to them more because there are occasionally those big surprises. But then other times it's like, you know, I don't really need this game or want this game. And, you know, I've played the Outer Wilds before or whatever, so. You know, I have the whole freaking Twitch chat just talking about how none of these are Silk Song. 
Yeah. <laughs> is is there's our next debate, Nintendo discussion, or Silent Smash? Is Silk Song the next Kingdom Hearts three? <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, like, when was that game announced? And it's still not here, despite it, we like. I know the Steam page has been up for years. Okay. <laughs> I know it has. I've written about it enough. So, just saying. All right. I mean, Silk Song is never gonna come out at this rate. Like, okay, just wait for the two console generations before they finish it up. At uh, this point, I don't know. Think they'd even show up to an indie world if it was gonna do their announcement trailer. Because it's been so hyped up that I feel like it could be in like anything. It's become the meme now. Like, yes, yeah, from uh, like Beyond Good Evil to to Silk Song to uh, like, yeah, just like heck. Even unfortunately, Metro Prime Four, which yeah, that thing is unfortunately the vaporware of gaming now. Like, where is it? Like, where's Mother Three? <laughs> yeah. Where where is Mother Three, Reggie? Where is it? In the vault. <laughs> I don't work with Nintendo anymore. What's wrong with you? Not, no, what's wrong with me, Reggie? What's wrong with you? Where is our Mother 3? We've been asking you this for years. You have no answer. Uh, <laughs> all right, moving to something more positive, thankfully. Uh, Sakurai. Yay! Yes. Yes, he's been doing great on his channel recently. And one of the most recent videos was about... The Super Smash Brothers fighter reveal characters, or no, sorry, final fighter reveal trailers. Thank you. Yes. Uh, now there were two things that he really harped on here that I want to talk about, and the first is Super Smash Brothers Brawl, because like that's where we actually got the first character trailers via Solid Snake and Sonic, if you recall. But when he made uh, the adventure mode subspace emissary, he did something that's not technically been done in the rest of the Smash Brothers game outside like the first thing with uh, uh, World of Light, where he had cut scenes of the characters like working together and fighting together and interacting with one another, because he said it would be a nice reward for the character for the for the gamers to go through the mode and see these rare interactions with characters. And then I'll admit it was really cool. The problem. <laughs> Is that some people just, you know, didn't want to wait, so they uh, took the cutscenes from the like review and preview copies that they got and uploaded it onto the internet, and that did not make Sakurai happy at all. <laughs> like, he... there's a special place in hell. For yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's literally Daddy Sakurai like shooting fire from his eyes, saying, "Don't you dare ask me for anything again." <laughs> But uh, that's actually why he didn't do those kinds of trailers anymore within the story modes that we got, including World of Light, again, outside of the, the opening, obviously. And that's because he didn't want them spoiled. He didn't want them posted online. And so that's why he then shifted to doing the character reveal trailers, which are now one of the most iconic things about the uh, Smash Brothers franchise. And he goes, I wanted something not tied to the game's progress, something that everyone could enjoy and yeah he 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 succeeded in that <laughs> yes yeah uh, uh so far this is across uh wii u and uh, wii u 3ds and ultimate they've made 37 trailers that's a, a lot, lot. <laughs> oh yeah and even he was amazed by that and he he broke down what it what it took to make the trailers and it's very very fascinating like watch the full video it's really really nice but uh, it, he wanted to compliment the CG team at, uh, where are they? Digital, where is it? I had it right here. 
Digital Frontiers, there we go. Digital Frontiers. They are the teams who make all the CG segments for all the trailers from uh, the Villager trailer for the Smash Brothers 4 announcement all the way up into Sora is finally here. Oh, I'm crying. <laughs> I watched that trailer the other day. It's still so beautiful. It's good. It's so good. Um, but like all, all that CG is all them. And what they did was they actually took the game models and then upgraded them. So they are look they looked even better than usual, which you could honestly tell. Yeah. Just just being honest, it's not an insult, it's just how it is. They look so beautiful in those trailers. And Sakurai wrote the plots for basically all the fighter reveals except himself. Can you name the trailer he didn't? There was one trailer he did not write. <laughs> which one was that? Aaron Mithra. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because he had he had Monolithsoft do that. And I like that they did that. Uh, that was a fun trailer, but he, he actually showed even one of the docks of, uh, one of them and he showed the Ridley one and he even talked about how he wanted to make it like scary, but obviously not too scary, but you know, <laughs> sure. Let's just show Mario and, and Mega Man getting impaled. <laughs> yep. 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 Okay. Here we go. Here. I'm going to read this out. Uh, Ridley's tail pierces Mega Man's body with immense force. <laughs> it should be seen from the side using light to silhouette it. We can somewhat see debris, debris and sparks fly from his body. The light subsides and darkness returns and sparks go out. Ridley himself is not shown in the frame. Wow. I mean, probably have putting the details on it, but dang. Yeah. Well, remember, this is Sakurai. He, he, he only thinks about the details. Yes, uh, he does. Yeah. And he admits, like he knows he how he wants the trailer to look, how it should feel, and then he works with the team to get the finer details done. And he even showed off some of the storyboards for like the Min Min trailer, which is really really cool. Um, I'm working on an animation myself for one of my comics, and this is it's fun seeing the process be done step by step in the proper way. But and then for the gameplay segments. They had either Nintendo via the Mario team or Bandai Namco, because remember they worked on the last two games together, uh, making the gameplay bits. And Sakurai would give small details about, you know, how the camera angle should look, what they should do, and so on and so forth. It's 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 a six minute video, but it's really beautiful. And Sakurai once again showing how much he. Uh, loves making these trailers and, sh and like the focus on the details to make it all look great and uh, remember these the trailers are easily just as important as the smash brothers game itself okay yes like, the trailers bring the hype the trailers bring the hype so it's 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 fascinating seeing how they all came together and just the different looks and of course the cg elements mm -hmm. so uh again we don't know if we're gonna get another smash brothers one but if we do, we know the trailers are going to look great. <laughs> so, oh yeah, and he mentioned that the all the trailers were checked and approved by the, like the shareholders or creators. yeah, the copyright holders. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is fair because we were talking like you know Bandai Namco, Square Enix, Capcom, uh, Konami. <laughs> Konami. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean Kojima is in the trailer? We didn't approve that. <laughs> uh... But with Kojima, we don't care. <laughs> so. Yeah, and, and then after I watched this video, when, when I got to free moments, I actually went back and watched some of my favorite trailers just because I just I wanted to experience them again, like uh, Little Mac and uh, Sora, of course, Banjo Kazooie, and King K. Rule. Uh, you know, it's, it's they're so good. They are so good. 
again, part of part of the Smash history is indeed the trailer, the, the anticipation, the excitement, and again, the way when uh, Sakurai said himself, like seeing the online reactions from YouTube, like say, yeah, that's enough of a word to like really motivate the team to keep on going on until the, the final trailer, which, yeah, so like the last you see the. <laughs> Yeah, just like seeing the reactions of it all. Like, yeah, it's it's hard not to be hyped when you see these trailers. Yeah. Mostly, mostly. Most, yeah. most, most. I mean, there's obviously ones that are like, okay, then that was cool. I don't know the I mean, the Bylap trailer one was a lot, got really heated. Like, yeah. remember or, that. Or Minecraft Steve. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, I'll still never forget the, uh, the Sora reveal trailer. Because they did that long build-up till showing the Keyblade, and everyone's like, "Okay, what's the fire mean?" And like everyone's thinking, "Is it Dark Souls?" Because you know Dark Souls got the bonfire, you know, and that wouldn't be the weirdest thing to put in Smash Brothers, Minecraft Steve. <laughs> but and then he you know pulls out the Keyblade, and like and everyone reacts, like everyone's screaming, "I'm screaming!" Tyler's screaming, like we're all everyone screams for Sora. <laughs> <laughs> Like here's here's the real question. We could do a sell it in Smash Brothers later if we want. Is there a character that they could put in Smash Brothers now, or in the next game? I mean, that could top the reaction to Sora. Like, is there anyone left? Like Sora was it. Sora was the end game in many, many, many ways. Because that's it's a hard it, thing to think about. I know. Right? Like, I need to sometimes process that because, like, who is more or less the crossover icon in video yeah. games? And again, the irony, the, the irony with Sora is that while Cloud, Sephiroth, uh, Bayonetta, all of them are like nice characters or in the case of Bayonetta actually intrinsic to Nintendo history we as Nintendo fans love Sora because we had some of his best games we had Chain of Memories we had Dream Drop Distance we had Ari Kodo okay we don't count that one we don't count that one <laughs> but you know we, we can ones... count the Final Fantasy level or the Olympus Coliseum level on that there you go <laughs> we, we were the ones that kept that franchise alive while they were waiting for, for 2 and 3 to come out okay we had a deep connection to Sora and that's true Okay, and so like, and and, and and I even use Kingdom Hearts as as the reason we got Cloud and Sephiroth in the game because both of them are in Kingdom Hearts, which were in Dream Drop Distance and uh, uh, Chain of Memories. So that's how we got them. I, I I maintain that, but Sora was always the end game. So who's left? <laughs> okay, I mean we got we got Banjo Kazooie, we got King K. Rule, we got Ridley. Like, who is actually left that could top the reaction to Sora? I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to find out, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm just, yeah, who would have such a great impact in, in the game industry? Yeah. And now it's been now generations now. Like, who yeah. will have that same effect? Yeah. Yeah. Because remember, it's not just like, oh, that's a really cool character. It's, we're talking like super high pitched screaming because we got them finally. Like, when, when Sonic first arrived. You know, it was like, oh my gosh, we got Sonic and Smash Bros. Like, that was a huge reaction. And then now we got we got Sora, and everyone was, like, screaming at the top of their lungs, this beautiful thing. So, who could beat that? I honestly don't know. I do not know. Maybe maybe another podcast main event. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or we could just, you know, wait and just have Sakurai surprise us, you know. Right, Sakurai? <laughs> sure, Sakurai has lots of ideas. Oh, yeah! <laughs> <clears throat> Here's Excite Bike Dude. Never ask him for anything again. 
I can only imagine one thing, probably, and that's L block. Oh no! What? L block from Tetris. Oh. Okay. How about Sans? Oh jeez. Shrug. By the way, vote for Sans versus Judge in the death battle thing. It's not. Gonna, it's not gonna win. It's not gonna be Kratos Osara, but one can hope. All right. Uh, next up, this one I found on Twitter today, and I wanted to talk about it because it's really interesting summary of Nintendo's year. Now, as of tomorrow, okay, yes, I know we totally got the other Pokemon DLC, but let's just round it up. So tomorrow is when Super Mario uh, RPG Remake comes out. And so that's the last true AAA title that Nintendo has for this year, right? So what, when we will do a year review in December, we will, but what has Nintendo's year looked like, not just from a game release standpoint, but from a critical reception standpoint, because that does matter. That actually does matter. So, I will break it down for you, because a Nintendo Insider, thank you, Stealth, did just that. So, going from top to bottom. Uh, number one, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, 96 on Metacritic. Metroid Prime Remastered, 94. Super Mario Bros. Wonder, 92. Zelda Bay Chronicles 3 Future Redeemed, 92. Pikmin 4, 87. Super Mario Brothers, sorry, Super Mario RPG Remake, 84. Advanced Wars 1 Plus 2 Reboot Camp, 82. Bayonetta Origins, 81. Fire Emblem Engage, 80. Kirby's Return of Dreamland Deluxe, 79. Wario Land Move It, sorry, Wario Wear Move It, 75. Detective Pikachu Returns, 66. Everybody won two Switch. Yes, we have to count that. It was a release. 56. It exists. It exists. <laughs> yeah. And then also, I'm going to throw in there, even though it wasn't on the list, uh, the Teal Mask for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, because that was a big DLC. Uh, that also got a 66 on Metacritic. So that's 14 releases, and four of them were in the 90s. Five of them were in the 80s, two in the 70s, and three in the 60s. That's pretty good. <laughs> I, that yeah, is I really think that's good. good. Again, there's in positives than anything yeah. else, yeah. Yeah, and remember, we honestly thought that 2023 would be like a lighter year, and yet <laughs> that didn't happen at all. We had 14, okay, I won't count everybody once you switch, 13 solid entries, whether it be main titles or DLC, and they all did well. Like, they seriously did well, and that's, and, and notice there was one, one third party game on there that was Bayonetta Origins. I think that's the biggest surprise of all. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Like I, I, out of like a, a banner uh, spinoff game to actually do it pretty decently. It's like, yeah, that's definitely a rare, rare case. Yeah, yeah, and obviously there were other games that we could that you could have put on there, like you know, Octopath Traveler two, Star Ocean. Uh, I know I'm missing one. Oh, technically Hogwarts Legacy, but I won't count that. <laughs> <You know. clears throat> but there's look, these are all exclusive titles, and that's. 14 entries in one year. That's really impressive. So, congrats, Nintendo. Please do more than Mario games in 2024. <laughs> <laughs> it's we not don't off to a good that start. that much Mario. It's not off to a good start, let's be honest here, okay? Like, we got Mario, Peach, and Luigi in 2024. That's all we know right now. Right, right, right. It's not a good start. Oh, but they're capitalizing on the Super Mario movie. I, yeah, you could do more than that, though. And I'm not saying they won't. The but... Switch is home to more than Mario. Is it, though? 
<laughs> I mean, apparently, I like maybe, to think so. <laughs> I mean, I know it's gonna be for a while, but maybe they're just letting cook as well because they're also trying to make with, alongside with the the Legend of Zelda movie. So I know we won't get a mainline Zelda game, but probably another spinoff. I feel like that's, that's feels... fair. That's fair, or a remake. I mean, like they did with Link's Awakening, which was great. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are they? I know they had Twilight Princess on the Wii U, but yeah, like, should be. I, I would go back to the. I would keep doing the handheld ones. I honestly would. Like, what? What if we could get a like a full scale remake of Oracle of Ages and Seasons? Oh that yeah, that would be fun. That would be so awesome, and not just because I want to see the new graphics of Nehru. I'm just saying. <laughs> I got a thing for blue haired girls. It's or ladies. I'm sorry. It's sorry, it not sorry, Reese's. So. Uh, all right. Next up, okay. This one is technically not Nintendo yet, yet, but we have <laughs> we have to have hope. So during a a recent interview, Sega Sega was talking about a lot of stuff recently, and we and if you mm-hmm. recall the whole oh we want Sega to beat Mario, sure Jan. Um, they they kept going on. They talked about Atlas and Persona, and during a recent uh, I think it was like earlier in the year, Sega had a Q and A during one of their investors meetings, and they recently published it. And within it, one of the people asked, do you think it's possible for the Persona franchise to sell 5 million copies in a year for one title? And that's a key thing to note, because despite the recent success of the Persona 5 titles, yes, titles, no Persona game has sold over 5 million copies. Which is crazy to think about. And I even like, wait a minute, that's not right. Except when you look at the success of Persona 5 as a line, with five royal strikers, the dancing game, like what was it, Dance of the Starlight or something like that, uh, yeah. that one, and I guess now the upcoming Tactica, those combined have sold nine million copies. So that's impressive, but the individual games themselves have never sold five million units. So they're hoping with their new plan of multi-platform release and worldwide release at the same time, which some they did not do in Persona 5. That's just the yeah, truth. They didn't do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. 2016 for Japan, 2017 for U.S. in the world. Uh, but is there any world outside the U.S.? Yes, yes, there is. Okay, watch the amazing <laughs> episode. There's an episode in Slovenia. It was beautiful. Um, so I, I, I like this approach. And so the reason that I'm tying this in is that this means that for Persona 6, they're likely going to go for a nice big uh, multi-platform worldwide release so that they could try and get maximum sales right off the bat. And hopefully that means it'll be either on the Switch or the Switch successor. Because the latest rumor is that the game will come out in 2025 which will be when the Switch successor is out. Or it should be. (laughs) Right. Well, it should be, but you know with Nintendo you never know. Or Atlas you never know. They still won't concern, confirm Persona 3 Reload for Switch. Like, come on! <laughs> we know, you know you're bringing it. We know. Yeah, it, like, we're just wondering what is it. Of course, naturally, again, with the whole Xbox marketing, like, jeez Louise, not with the marketing for Xbox already. They don't care about you! Like, just get, like, just get ready. Prop it up ready for Switch and all that. That would be fine. But no, they had to go have to give marketing rights to Microsoft. Ugh. So again, this is all unconfirmed. Oh, some of it's unconfirmed in terms of, like the Switch port or the ne- next console port. But if they really want to go for five million one year, bring it to all the systems, including the Nintendo ones. Because hey, we got you really good sales when you put Persona Five Royal on Switch. That's a fact, Jack. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a fact. 
All right, next up, uh, it's, it's time to celebrate happy birthday. Yes, it's my birthday again, I wish. Uh, <laughs> two, two weeks ago feels so long. It does. It, it feels so long ago, guys. I'm like, it was that long? Like, I was eating cake and pizza. I'm still eating cake and pizza for the record, but it's a different kind <laughs> of cake and pizza. I bought me another birthday cake, and I, like, rationed it so I could have it last for, like, a week, and it totally worked. But it's <laughs> so good. Make it last the whole month. <laughs> I, I could have wanted to, but I don't want to. Fair. <laughs> this is why I have a gut, ladies and gentlemen. I have no regrets. But, uh, no, it's the birthday of one Shigeru Miyamoto. He is 71 years old. Wow. <laughs> he old. Yeah. He's so old. Uh, in fact, I can make this joke. He's so old, he was working at Nintendo before they were actually making video games. <laughs> yep. That's a fact. Jeez. Okay, but, and now I looked this up on Wiki before I wrote this for another website. Do you want to know how he got hired at Nintendo? How? How? He had to have someone make a reference for him. Like he had a, it was like a friend's dad got him his first job, and it wasn't as a writer. It was in like the planning committee, or something oh. like that. I know, right? It's here. I'll, I'll look it up just so I don't butcher it. But it was he did have to have like a reference from someone, and it, it and like that's so fascinating. It just goes to show that you know even the greats don't start out with, "Hey, I'm going to." be like the one of the biggest gaming people ever so oh here we go through a mutual friend miyamoto's father arranged here you go miyamoto's father arranged an interview with nintendo president hiroshi yamauchi after showing some of his toy creations yes toy creations he was hired in 1977 as an apprentice in the planning department Huh. I know, right? Well, so I mean, like, I granted again, if you remember, like, they were originally toy makers nope. as well. So, yeah, like, toy this, card games and card games and a love hotel, yes, and a love, and a love. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Now I know why Mario says, "Let's go." <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh boy. So many jokes we could make about it. A, a, a modern day Nintendo Love Hotel. <laughs> How would you like to level up? <laughs> oh, God. On our next Nintendo discussion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Our next Twitter poll question. <laughs> oh, jeez. What, like, what, those are coming back. No. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what theme would you like for your Nintendo Love Hotel room? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, that gets so wrong. And yeah, I actually want to see what people would vote for. I mean, there are fans follow love hotel rooms. I, if, if they decide to go back in that industry, like I can only imagine, like a Metroid style. Don't, like, don't, that would no, be no, awesome. We're not, we're, not, we're not going down this rabbit hole. We are not going down this rabbit hole. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> okay, I do not need to actually think about this. All right. Oh, moving on. But still, uh, Miyamoto is easily one of the godfathers of gaming one of the biggest influences on nintendo especially once they got into the video game industry because remember it was because of him that they didn't just make the donkey kong games but they started doing more storytelling within their titles like that was his thing he was a storyteller first and foremost and he just had to make toys and card games to you know get into nintendo so without his insight without his brilliance without his 
uh, belief in doing different things, Nintendo wouldn't be even close to what we have now, and we wouldn't have some of the biggest icons in gaming franchises ever. That's just the truth. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much. I was waiting exactly for more than that, that, guys. Exactly. I'm like, come on, let's celebrate an icon here. <laughs> like, even with all of, like the recent mistakes and all, all criticisms aside against them, you got you do have to give it give props to what credits do that. Again, Shigeru Miyamoto, the godfather of video games, maker of Mario and all, just like again, he he, he was he's a power in the industry. You can't you can't you can't argue with that. And just, just to know that he like he is in that industry for so long for all these years. It's like, yeah, he's getting old. We getting old. Yes, Nintendo's getting old. Ugh. Don't remind me that I'm old. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, I'll be going. I'm getting old soon in like about two more weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you want really want to feel old, I found out today that it was 22 years ago that the first Harry Potter film hit theaters. Oh, no. <laughs> so I was 12 years old when that first Harry Potter film came out. And I remember it. I remember it. I, I remember going to the theater. It was with my best friend at the time. And uh, there was, like, Harry Potter people all around. There was actually a kid, like, dressed as Harry Potter. It was really cool. And just like, okay, yeah, this is, this is real. This is awesome. So, yeah, I feel old. But uh, Miyamoto's older. Oh! <laughs> That's <Yes>. true. <laughs> And and, hope and, he continues to get older. Yes, and Will's right. He has obviously made mistakes. Paper Mario, and <laughs> and other things. But he's also, you know, he was the one who helped make the Super Mario Brothers movie happen. And regardless of all of our jokes about a certain someone, it made a billion dollars, and that is now part of his legacy. <laughs> he made a video game character who got a movie that made a billion dollars, and no one else can say that right now. Right and now, maker of movies, maker of theme parks, maker of icons. Yeah. Yep. He's he's done it all, and he can retire happy at the age of 101. Moving on. So next up, we have a Super Mario RPG, which we already slightly talked about, but it is coming. It is uh, out now. At the time you're possibly hearing this, it got an 84 on Metacritic, so that was good. I do want to talk about one thing I saw. I was on YouTube earlier, and someone uploaded the entire campaign of Super Mario RPG. It's like Super Mario Jeez. RPG, and I'm like. Okay, first of all, who does that? Okay, who who does that? And then I looked at the time, and it was eight hours long. And I'm like, that's it? <laughs> that's that's how long it takes to beat the game? You know, obviously some trial and error aside, of course. But like, that's that that's it? That that doesn't seem that long. I mean, speed if speed runs anything else, because it, in the original game itself, it wasn't actually as long. I mean, again, back in the Super Nintendo days, it was like, and most probably like a solid 12 hours or so much, so that. So, I mean, compa- I, that's kind of like one of the main criticisms I've been hearing about a uh, Super uh, RPG remake is that, like, it's basically, it essentially is indeed the same game with some some uh, minor additions. So, yeah. like, that's kind of one of the main criticisms. It's basically the same thing with the localization uh, script and all. But, um, yeah, like, it's not that long. I mean, I, I don't mind it not being long. Like, yeah, if it's a good bite sized adventure, by all means. Yeah. Uh, that, is, that is actually absolutely one of the criticisms I've heard about this game is that it's almost a remaster versus a remake because it doesn't add too much outside like the post-game stuff and small uh, small gameplay additions. 
but it absolutely maintains everything that you love about the original game. So it feels like a remaster versus a remake. So take of that what you will. But that also means that you don't need to rush to beat it because it won't take you that long in the first place. No. Just saying. All right. Means I might actually take a week to finish it. <laughs> yeah. No, for me, I'll be like, well, what do I? What am I going to play after? <laughs> dare I go back to Persona Five? No. No, dare I go back to Starfield? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, and I know many of you were like, why didn't you talk about this first? Like we were, you know, building up the tension because last week we noted that the Game Awards were going to announce their nominees for all the various categories, and we were very curious about what game of the year was going to be. Well, we now know all six nominees, and we are very happy for more reasons than one. <laughs> all right, so let's kick it off with the fact that Starfield's not there. Oh! <laughs> That's right. No, no Starfield for you. Uh, the six games that got nominated were, wait for it, Tears of the Kingdom, Baldur's Gate 3, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Alan Wake 2, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, crap, that's five. What was the sixth one? Uh, oh, Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man, sorry. <laughs> I, I, I thought I had it written up for Outer Haven, but we didn't, sorry. But yeah, so Mario, Zelda, Baldur's Gate, Resident Evil, uh, Spider-Man, and... I just lost another one. Alan Wake. So <laughs> I really need to have it up in front of me so I don't forget. But yeah, there, there's your six. Very interesting lineup. And once again, a Mario and a Zelda game are Game of the Year nominees in the same year. <laughs> it's going to be a rough trip. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't it be a hoot if Wonder beat? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it won't happen. It will not happen. Odyssey had a better chance of being Breath of the Wild. But yeah. that's just being honest. But no, that is... Uh, that this is interesting, and I want to say that Tears of the Kingdom is still a front runner, but I also know it's much closer than it probably was when Tears of the Kingdom came out. Yeah, because when that game came out, everyone's like, "Oh, this is game of the year!" Like, what could top it? And now it's like, and then well... we've had multiple games come out since then, and they're like, "This is game of the year." And it's like, "Oh, dang!" <laughs> yeah, it's close, and I and I like that it's close. I mean, don't get me wrong; I would love a landslide where Nintendo just dominates everything and shows why it's never going to die suck at microsoft Ooh, i guess do we get to insult phil spencer this episode i'm so happy but uh you know i i will say this is close for for two reasons and not necessarily just the different variety of games here but because of the reception to two of them yeah, yeah. two of them and no not mario again i don't wonder you could argue with wonder deserves to be there i I don't know. I definitely think Odyssey is better than Wonder, but that's another topic entirely. But uh, the reaction to Marvel Spider-Man 2, even though, yes, Tears of the Kingdom ranked higher than that in, like, Metacritic, it's still a phenomenal title. Great acting. Uh, Yuri Lowenthal got nominated for Best Performance, and he, he absolutely could win. Yeah. So, I mean, as well, like, Ben Starr with Clive. I'd say, like, yeah, I'd say those Clive... two are going to be the frontrunner for yeah. Best Performance. <laughs> I agree. It's, it's Clive versus peter and it's it's going to be interesting it's like before we fight i've got to tell you one thing i'm out of bananas <laughs> <laughs> i'm out of bananas so uh but marvel spider-man 2 i think is, is a good front runner uh to go against tears of the kingdom and the other one is baldur's gate 3 
Yep. Because yep, yep, that yep. game came out of nowhere. <laughs> and it's like, no, this is a really good title. You all should play it. And then everyone started playing it. And now Xbox, Xbox people are mad because they're not playing it because Xbox didn't put it as a priority. <laughs> Suck it, Phil. <laughs> Two references. You're welcome. Uh, uh, yeah, Baldur's K3 is just absolutely that like really big hitter that's like popular among the D&D crew as well as just pretty much in general audience as well. And that's yeah. kind of like the one of the major things aside from the whole horny factor. Yeah, I'm, I'm, sure much that, things. I'm sure there's a bunch of people who got it for that though. Yeah, well, let's be honest. There, there's three but, crowds of people this applies to. It applies to the D&D hardcores who love like the dice rolling element and they absolutely love it. There's the casual fans who can get into it without needing like dedicated D and D knowledge, and then there's the horny people who just wanted to shag everybody, including this man bear thing. Yep. Yes, and of course, well, the tieflings, but I digress. Yeah. And yeah. Carlock just... forever. Like, come on. Again, yeah. a tiefling. Tiefling. Oh, sorry, and... I didn't know the species name. <laughs> yeah, but so it's yeah because I'm the way I'm I'm viewing the situation of it like yeah, Tears of the Kingdom is more or less indeed like the the staple standard of like a game that's more or less appealing to everyone, and then there's Baldur's Gate three, which is like hardcore appealing <laughs> to everyone. Hardcore, you say? <laughs> it's a hardcore game, Will. Yeah, he's ignoring me. I don't care. I mean, like, what what else kind of best describe? What you want me to use better PG thirteen words? I don't know. Oh, I mean, let's just say it, there's a way of appealing to everyone with Baldur's Gate three. <laughs> it's very metal. No, <laughs> metal adult. Yeah, it's definitely meant for the adults. So yes, it's like it, depending on how you want to play it, you can play it rating G, PG, PG thirteen, or hard R, or yeah. above. Adults only. Yeah. So, I'm saying the, cho the choice is yours. And we all know what choice they'll make. <laughs> now, never forget, there is a speed run just to see how fast you could sleep with someone, and it, they got it under three minutes. I do not know how, but they did. Just saying. But yeah, those are your games of the year, and ha ha ha, Starfield, you don't deserve it. And yet, that game got what, best RPG nomination? Yeah, it got nominated for best RPG Blech. instead of Octopath Traveler 2, yeah. which is what? a shame. That's, That's a snub. shame. That's a dang shame. Yeah. That is a snub. That is a full-on yeah. snub. Octopath's totally better than Starfield, even with my feelings on the end game. But yeah, you know, they, they got, got Jeff's Joff, got to please Bethesda. Josh God, please, but that's now here's here's a debate I do want to talk about really quick. And this is something I saw on Twitter. The most controversial entry of the six that I saw was Resident Evil 4 Remake. Yeah. Ah, okay, okay, yeah. okay, 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 yeah. okay. Because people are asking the honest question should a remake be nominated for game of the year? Because a lot of people were mad that Final Fantasy 16 didn't get into the game or didn't get into the nominations. Yep. So, I ask you, honestly, would you? I have no, I have no horse in this fight because I never played yeah. Resident Evil Four. But would you? Do you feel that a remake, especially a quality remake like this, should be in uh, the nominations for Game of the Year? It's really tough, especially for a remake like Resident Evil Four that goes so much above and beyond to make it more than the old game was. That it's like it's one of those ones that you can argue either or for or against, and it really does make me wonder what the journalists at the time who are doing the nominations were thinking about in terms of remake to actual game. 
<clears throat> especially because there's so many titles that came out this year that are like original that are really interesting that could have also went there too right 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 it's it, like well on one hand you you can pretty much imagine that like yeah it's a remake of an old game like from like decades ago and like yeah, like a, a, a decade-old game that considered, if not one of the pinnacle best games of the industry during the time, and like now you remake it for this thing, and now for again a nomination for Game of the Year again in remake form. Like I can I can sympathize with the people who they who would like yeah, dude, come on, like it got its acknowledgement. Why you have to acknowledge it again? And but again, as I said, it's been, it's been redone, retouched up, just like overall improved quality to the point. Like it, it can stand out on its own with making this remake so good. But yeah, at the same time, it's like yeah, it's a, it's a remake of a of a very classic, very acclaimed game. So we know it's good, but like how how good and why it has to be acknowledged again as a game of the year contender once again. Like I know it did one game of the year. The OG game has one game of the year before. So should it win again? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it won't. Let's be honest. It's not it going to win. But... It's not going to win. <laughs> now, here's my thing. Like, and I'll and I'll give Keeley credit for this one. This is not the first remake that yeah. has gotten the Game of the Year nomination. Do you remember the last one? Seven. Seven. Final right. Fantasy. <laughs> it, yeah. No seven. As in, what's in the box, man? What's in the box? Uh, no. Yes. Final Fantasy VII remake, which was obviously grand scale remake of epic proportions drastically different than the original game in so many ways we won't even count them and obviously right now rebirth is one of the front runners for game of the year next year the game hasn't even come out yet <laughs> you still got some time <laughs> you got some time i know but still like let's be honest here like uh, is princess peach showtime gonna beat final fantasy 7 rebirth i think uh, not i have high doubts i have high doubts <laughs> sadly <laughs> I mean, it, it might get the nod for the nomination, but it will not beat Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Um, but, like, that's the quality that you know you're going to get from it based just off of what remaked it. So, uh, I think there is a... What's the right term? A level here. Because... Uh, go, here, here's a great example. Super Mario RPG Remake. Like we, Will and I were joking about that could be also a Game of the Year nominee. <laughs> Now I don't think it will be because it was clearly more of a remastering for the modern age versus a full-on true remake where you know you were enhancing it, you were expanding the story, you were doing different gameplay mechanics. The only real changes here were the graphics, the audio, the triple move, and the action commands, which are great, but it's not like, you know, focusing everything on Midgar and giving you a whole bunch of new side quests or... Right, like really expanding it more and have yeah. extra things because, yeah. again, it was made from the more or less the dream team of video games with uh, with Toria... No, 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 that was in Chrono Trigger, but yeah, like uh, with, Square, <laughs> with Squaresoft and all that, yeah, yeah. Now, if Chrono yeah. Trigger had a remake, like a full-on 3D remake, that one probably could get nominated. Bring yeah. the dream team once again. Why oh, not? Boy. <laughs> But like, if you think about what Resident Evil, let's compare Resident Evil to Super Mario RPG. Um, the remake for Resident Evil it expanded the storyline. It gave more depth to Ashley and what was his name, Carlos. Um, uh, what's his name? That doesn't matter. He but he got he got more he got expanded. More. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Included, they included the Ada Wong content that was added on yep. later on. You know, they they made it an even better game than it was before versus what Super Mario RPG did, which was it made certain tweaks, but it kept 
the game that you know and love from the SNES. Yep. So it it was it was, and I saw some many reviews. It was the safe route. Yeah. It was the safe route versus hey, well, how far can we push this? Like what they did with Resident Evil or Final Fantasy VII Remake Saga and so on and so forth. So, I think as in all things, there is context, and for Resident Evil and uh, for remake and Resident Final Fantasy VII Remake, you know those ones can be included because they did do so much more. But if they were to do say something like say with uh, uh, Super Mario RPG Remake, that one you could throw a flag at. Yeah. yeah. Challenge flag. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Now, if they did a Starfield remake, uh, <laughs> maybe they'd have a chance there. You know, actually get the game right the first time. <laughs> I'm never going to stop making fun of that game. And, and I saw there were people mad that Starfield did get nominated for Game of the Year. I'm just like, stop it. Get some help. <laughs> game of the Generation. Yeah, Generation of Fools. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> took you eight years to make that? <laughs> um, I could go on. Uh, but I will not. Because we have one last one. This is from uh, Nintendo's uh, one of the Nintendo directors. And he said that the reason that the Big N has been able to do such great software titles recently is that the hardware and software teams are working on a level of synergy that is far beyond what they were doing in like the early days of the Switch. It's not an insult. It's just saying that they really got their groove going. He goes, quote, the integrated hardware-software concept hasn't changed, but it used to be that software development often did not begin until after the hardware development had been completed. Recently, the hardware and software teams have been holding discussions, discussions as a single unit, starting in the early stages of hardware development. This allows us to create software that takes advantage of hardware characteristics and develop hardware that enables new ideas in software. The hardware and software teams will continue to work as one, not just for the development of our dedicated video game platform hardware and software, but also for accessories and other hardware products in order to create products and consumers that enjoy playing. I'm so tired of saying it, products, hardware, and software. Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> But basically, Nintendo's firing all, on all cylinders and their products reflect how good it is. And when, I, when you go back to that Metacritic summary that I did, they're doing it. They're cooking. <laughs> Someone was cooking here. It was Nintendo. <laughs> so, and my hope, my hope is that this cooking has been uh, pushed onto the next uh, Switch. Uh, sorry, the next console, the Switch successor, so that we can crank out great games and have a 2017-esque year for 2020. Let's just say five. Yeah. Because that's what Nintendo needs to do to make sure their next console is a success and not have that up and down arc that they've been having ever since the N64. Yeah. So, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't want. I do not want history to repeat itself. I want new history. I want dominant history. So Bill Spencer. No question who the dominant space is. Yeah. In this ecosystem, I am the dominant species. And like Miyamoto goes up to Phil Spencer. Look at me. Look at me. I'm the captain now. I've been the captain for decades, and you're going to acknowledge me. So, uh, and, then, and, then Sak and then Sakurai comes in, don't ever ask me for anything again. <laughs> like, forgive me, Nintendo. You can ask for forgiveness, but that does not mean we will grant it. Because <laughs> your system does not print money. <laughs> uh, oh, Todd, aren't you ever going to stop making fun of Microsoft? No. <laughs> not until they give me a reason not to, and they haven't given me a reason yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
And with that, we are now moving on to our main event, which is, of course, the Splatfest. It is happening this weekend alongside the Super Mario RPG game. But again, it is not about the Super Mario RPG, which is odd. Again. But <laughs> so let us ask you this question once again, ladies and gentlemen. What is your go-to greeting? Think of your answer as we get ready to settle it in Splat. Alright, and yes, we talked about this a little last week, but now we are going to dive into what we really think about this. So, what is your go-to greeting? Is it A, a handshake? Is it B, the fist bump? Or is it C, a hug? Can I have a hug? Can I, can I, can I have a hug, Scott? So... Uh, yeah, now I made my feelings apparent last week, and my feelings have not changed. So, Will, I will start with you. What is your go-to green that you're picking for the Splatfest? I already have I've, uh, put in my ballot vote already in the game already. And for me, I'm going to have to go with uh, Fra on this one. I'm going to go with the fist bump. And the reason being is like, okay, let's get the basic reason out of the way. One, it's white ink. So obviously people are going to go for the whole brown nose uh, reason of that. But I digress, so we'll stop it there. But going for the main reason of why I feel fist bump is just that. One, is because one, it's in the game. Like, I don't know how it... Like you have you, uh, well, you guys haven't played the game much in many times, but again, fist bumps have been added in this game for so long, and it just kind of is that pinnacle of um, uh, 90s flair culture, as well as like back on the YouTube days when uh, fist bumps actually was good. Like, uh, it's just really it's just something of more of a um, how would I describe it as? It's more or less like the a simple fist bump, like. Fist bump, bro fist, whatever we would call it these days. Just like boop, that's it. It's just a simple boop. And that's really all you really need in, in a terms of greeting in a sense. And of course, naturally, with the whole aging of um what we what we've went through in the world situation, like yeah, just a minor contact uh, at least. And a fist bump was pretty much was the main way of communication of just like, hey, how you doing? Fist bump, bam. That's all you need. That's all really all you need. Like Sure, there's definitely the, the go-to basic standard of a handshake. Like, okay, fine, a handshake. You you determine grip strength. Go gorilla, go monkey mousey. <laughs> like, who's stronger, who has the better grip strength, yada, 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 fine. That's if you want to do that, by, by all means, that's what you want to do. And then the hug, I mean, sure. But that's more or less as we, we described many times before. It's like mostly like someone needs a hug. Like even Big Man says like, oh, does, does Shiver need a hug? Someone needs a hug. <laughs> and like, fine. And that's more that's meant for close people and all that. And I mean, sure, have, having a hug with strangers and kindnesses, like hug a random stranger in the middle world, like sure, maybe a little bit weird, but at the same time, you never know. It could be that random act of kindness that people, what the world really needs nowadays, but uh, who knows. But... Fist bumps is just, I feel, has always been, well, not timeless per se, but it's definitely gaining that traction of like, yeah, simple fist bump, boop, 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 boop. And so like, <laughs> nothing else you really need. It's just like, boop, tap, easy. No, no, pretty much a minimal amount of effort is really needed to do so. So, so I, I even argue that it is definitely the most easiest form of com communication, if anything else. Minor energy consumption, that's tap, that's it. That's all you really need. That's all you really need. So uh, nothing really much I wanted to say about the fist bump. It's like simple, 
like efficient and like yeah just get the message across so that's really all you need simple and efficient there's nothing wrong with simple and, mm -hmm. then, and honestly there's there's a lot of people who are are comfortable with simple over anything else so you know i, I can under i can understand that well and that, that's fine that yeah you feel that way will and for the record i'm a little insulted that you think i haven't gotten the fist bump in Splatoon 3. I have multiple times <laughs> just saying. Alright. Uh, Scott? Alrighty. So after digging into my own mind and trying to sort out just how this question works of what's your go-to greeting, <laughs> I have decided to do it based on more of a statistical analysis of how do I start to greet someone and where does that take me? And okay, that's okay. where I have went to is that when I usually do a greeting, it's towards someone that I know. I generally don't just start off greeting people I don't know. And that always and that's like 80% of the time is a hug. So I'm gonna go with the hug. Because I like doing the hugs and I like greeting people that I don't know that I don't know, but most of the time that I'm greeting people that I do know, just because especially like the last well, few years. I haven't really done much but go to the store and go home and go to like my parents or go to my family in law. So all the people that I really necessarily go to to deal anything with, it's always a hug. So my go to greeting is a hug. And it, you could say that it's just kind of a sad thing that I don't necessarily meet new people a lot of the time. But at the same time, I don't generally do handshakes that much anyways when i new, meet new people it's usually just like a nod at this point <laughs> especially now that there's so many people especially where i'm from and like washington are very uh paranoid about covid still which is a good thing to be paranoid for by the way still wash your hands still wear masks if you need to but overall hugs is my go-to greeting i like doing hugs with people that i know and i like Having just that sense of familiarity with people and being able to give them just that small sense of positivity and just a little bit of the day. Because hugs can make people feel better. This is true. True. Very true. This is very true. And that is why, gentlemen, I am still on Team Hug. Because, frankly, I am told that my hugs... I was going to say a line, but I got to say it more gently because I don't want to come off like Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, <laughs> my, my, my hugs are apparently really, really good. I'm just saying, like, I have a friend who always looks forward to hugging me when we get to see each other every few months. And even Faith has said that she's very curious about how good my hugs are if we were to ever meet. So I will definitely be doing the whole picking her up and spinning her around anime style just because <laughs> I know that'll probably scare the crap out of her while also making her feel good at the same time. You're welcome, Faith. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, but honestly, that's just, as I noted last week, this is just how I kind of was raised. I was raised by parents who hugged and hugged their children and we hug everybody else when we really care about them. And... Then I had a mentor named Jeff Graham who would hug everyone he saw at church because he just wanted to show that he cared about them and that, you know, someone was, you know, you know, feeling their top best for them, as weird as that sounds. And I, I'm the same way. Like, I want to show my affection to people when I care about them. And most of the people I see nowadays, especially because of my hermit lifestyle, is the people I would hug every single time I saw them, whether it's my mom, whether it's my dad, 
whether it was uh like my be- one of my best friends Leah or my friend Natalie at church, you know, other other church people that I see, you know, I want to hug them. The only time I don't hug people is when it's like absolutely a new person that I don't know. Like we do, like we do this meet and greet time, and someone go like hold out their hand to me, and go hi, I'm yada yada, and I'm like, go oh, hi, I'm so and so, and you know, I shake hands. You have to tell them my name is so and so. I don't want them to know my name. I am the man who erased his name, Will. <laughs> <laughs> Like a dragon reference, you're welcome. <laughs> awesome. Props to AEW for that uh, sponsored match. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and here's a fun fact, and I, I think you're bringing this up. Sega apparently paid six figures to get that collaboration with AEW. That's how much they wanted it promoted. Dang. And it was awesome. They had they had Worth Koda, they had Koda Ibushi riding a bicycle and like doinking people with a pipe, and they were actually acting like they got hit with an anvil. And then he got clotheslined off the bike. It was so beautiful. <laughs> ah, good times. Watch it on it, YouTube. But, uh, you know, hugs to me are just my way of, like, uh, my way of showing I care. And my way of showing, hey, you know, I, I'm so happy to see you. And yes, a handshake can do that. Or a, a fist bump, you know, like the cool way. Like, hey, bro, how is it going? Fist bump. Boom. You know, that is fine. But I like hugging people. I know that might make me seem one way or another. Like I've been called old fashioned so many times. I'm tired of not embracing it. I really am. Okay. I, I love new school things. I do like video games and computers and certain television shows, but I was at the bank today and an oldie song hit and I was singing it note for note. And I, and they were and the bank tellers were surprised. I'm like, this is what I grew up on. All right. And I grew up on hugging people to show that you care. So I am absolutely team hug. And I am proud to be. And I got Scott on my side. Our victory is assured. <laughs> so we shall hug for the victory. <laughs> I mean, as well as like the fact that aside from Super Mario RPG being released, I, that this week is also like anime convention this weekend. So it really stinks for me. But yeah, well. Yeah. yeah. Also, speaking of AEW, there is a uh, a tag team called the Best Friends, and what they do with, like during the middle of their match when they have an opening is they do a hug, and the, there's an epic camera pan, and the announcer Excalibur goes, "You've got to give the people what they want." So see, they want to see the guys hug. You're welcome. So I am just giving the people what they want. You're welcome. Nothing left to say. Nothing left to say. Oh, it's gonna be a busy weekend for us, gentlemen. Yes, RPG, a con for me, and yeah, just oh, that's a we're really wrapping up to the to point, of course. And actually, uh, next weekend is Thanksgiving, yeah. So, I think we don't think we're not going to be recording next week, are we? No, I was about to do that programming. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm glad you brought it up. I was, I was literally just about to, uh, we, due to Thanksgiving, and who knows what we will be doing, uh, between the three of us that day. We are going to take next Thursday off, so. Please enjoy your Thanksgiving. Should you celebrate it, or just Mm-mm-mm. enjoy the time off? And we will see you in two weeks, or we'll be back with hopefully lots of Nintendo news to talk about. And if not, that's not our fault. <laughs> yep, it was the first yeah podcast. We back in December. Yep, yep, yep. No, well, I mean, oh, it? by the time they by the time they hear it, it'll be December, but we will be recording on the thirtieth. Oh yeah, right. Okay, okay. So one day off. Bye, 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 bye. Yeah, it matters. Will it be got to be detailed? Fine. Yeah, I'm just saying. Huggers no details. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> know. You know, Mr. Simple with the fist bump doesn't know how to read a calendar. I'm just. Uh, 
Uh, and with that, we are ending this episode of the Nintendo Entertainment Podcast. What is your go-to greeting, ladies and gentlemen? And let us know who you are supporting in the Splatfest this reason, this weekend. Sorry. Uh, also, are you excited about Chill Season when that comes out on de- uh, sorry de- December first? Words I know how to say them sometimes. Uh, are you? pleased with how nintendo handled its big releases in 2023 are you getting super mario rpg this weekend are you pumped that zelda and mario both made it into the game of the year nominations for the game awards let us know in the comments below so for cook it scott and warrior well i am triforce title ladies and gentlemen we are out of time we are not out of lives we made it to the end of the level so raise the flag